morning ladies and gentlemen how you doing today i'm coming at you once again from my office where i was a little more prepared brought a different microphone today one that i don't have to attach to my shirt uh, via paper clips and my headset it's not great but it's here and it's doing the job i'm gonna have a lot of cleanup to do with this thing but anyway that's not important what is important is what's going on let's see what's today 14 7 so let's see what has happened <clears throat> not a whole lot. We had a whole bunch the week before, but this week not a whole lot as of yet. We've got some Zombie U from Ragnats, brand new Let's Play. Dark Souls 2 from Scarlet, uh, Doom 4 from Scarlet, and some Jade Cocoon 2 also from Scarlet. I've got some new Saga Frontier 2 added to the site, and of course, as always, the monthly from myself. Dead Moon is there already in full if you want to check it out. Mephisto has added us a few uh, soundtracks. I've added a couple of soundtracks. Um, we got some movies hopefully coming up soon. I have been kind of neglecting that. Other stuff. It's been a busy week. That's why I'm doing this here at work and that's why I'm doing it here at work today. Uh, just busy, busy, busy. Busy, 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 busy. You don't, you don't, you understand. You know what busy is all about, right? course you do. Uh, for now though, that's all the new stuff. Be on the lookout for some new stuff from myself this weekend, as well as some new stuff from Scarlet and Jade, because they have requested banners and thumbnails from me. So I'll be working on that uh, soon. Anyway, oh by the way, say happy birthday to Ragnats, would you?
Over in the archives this week, pulling up an old one. An old Let's Play, maybe an old game. Not really that old. Well, almost 10 years now. Wow. Uh, 29 weapons, 18 characters, 15 levels, 14 months in the making. This is Dissolute Productions' biggest project yet. You can check out the official site at chaosfaction.com, and that means we're looking at Chaos Faction. Chaos Faction is an interesting stage-based beat-em-up where you get to create a character. Uh, characters all have the same moveset, so nothing new and exciting there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you go from stage to stage. Each stage introduces a new enemy to fight, a new difficulty level, new uh, gimmicks in the stage new hazards, environmental hazards to try and avoid. Uh, pretty good game, really. A lot of fun. They made a second one. I didn't enjoy the second one as much, um, but this one is pretty good. Uh, as you probably heard, there's a link in the description if you want to go get it. It's only three episodes long, and yeah, pretty, pretty fun little game. Give it a check. Just so you know that we're not always the only ones who can't come up with a good poll, the poll of the day at GameFAQs is how quickly can you recite the alphabet backwards. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Do we have... Doesn't look like we do. We might not be able to do... Nope. Let's try that. Stop. Stop auto-filling. I don't want that. <clears throat> nope. We actually can't do a review for this game because it's not in the thing. So, 
what's the next game? You know why there's no review? I mean, I could just review it, but really, it's not. Oh, and my browser crashed. Thanks, GameFAQs. I blame you, because it's always your fault. The only thing I had open is GameFAQs. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Alright, so we're going to skip that. Well, that would mean we would have to do Chaos Faction for the review as well. And I don't think there's a re review for that either. <sighs> nope. narrow our search results a bit. It's nice that they're not in alphabetical order. It makes it very helpful. No! My goodness. We're gonna have to go into the future. Into the future, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't want that. want that. Thank you. <clears throat> so, let's get some reviews here, and let's pick the worst one, because this is a good game. Well, it's, an, it's, it's a good game. It's an okay game. Great show, not a great game. A, a Disney's Chippendale Rescue Rangers review by Rom2. Whenever I go to Disney World, inevitably, I see Chippendale near the entrance, and I always get my picture taken with them. I have a certain fondness for them, and the TV show this game is based off of it is, therefore, with heavy heart that I have to relate how bad this translates to a game. The game is your basic run-of-the-mill Nintendo side-scrolling game, your single-player and also co-op mode where you can play with a friend. The game involves running, jumping, avoiding environmental dangers, and picking up and throwing boxes. That's it. It's a very bland formula, and it plays just as blandly. Each stage is broken up into areas, and then there's a boss. The stages themselves can be pretty tough, as is typical NES logic. You get bombarded with enemies and hazards. The bosses, however, are pretty much pushovers that die after a couple of hits. You can collect leaf-like icons to get an extra life, but you need 100 of them, and there's like 150 total in the game, which means you have one chance to get an extra life. That makes them, or this makes them, mostly pointless to collect. The graphics aren't terrible, but not great either. The chipmunk sprites and enemies are pretty well done, but the backgrounds just aren't very lively. There's also slowdown when a lot of enemies are on screen as well, and it's very jarring. The music is one of the worst parts in the game. Each track is terribly annoying. There's absolutely no good tracks in the game, which is a real pity as you're stuck listening to the stages track for the entirety of the stage. It's definitely a mute-worthy game. As mentioned above, the game isn't balanced very well, and that makes for some frustrating gameplay. Why not lower the difficulty of the stages, or increase the difficulty of the bosses to even things out? While playing through the game, I found myself having very little fun compared to other NES platform games. Why are my only attacks throwing boxes and balls? This isn't one of the worst NES games, but it's one of my most disappointing games. I think the stages and the progression could have done, have been done better, and the music is just atrocious. Graphics 4, Sound 2, Gameplay 3, Fun 4. This should have been the series finale. Chippendale saved the world from Capcom making this game. Reviewer's rating, 1.5. Bad. Well, I mean, it's not a great game. Let's, let's be honest here. It is a Capcom game, which is nice. So it's got that going for it already. It is a licensed Capcom game. Also, that's a positive, because... Generally, Capcom licensed games are really good. Uh, games like um, DuckTales, for example. Great game. DuckTales was a really, really good game. Uh, 
and I really liked it. Uh, however, um, DuckTales, I think, has got a little more... I mean, the show was better than Chippendale. Chippendale is not a bad show, by any means. And this is not a bad game, by any means. But, there are better games. But this is not a terrible game. I mean, it's it's B-, minus, B level. The stages are a little tough in some spots, and the bosses are pretty easy. Not all of the music is really very good. Some of it's, some of it's pretty good, but... This is probably about half of it that's not super great. Um, it kind of felt like, uh, you know what? Which one came out first, this or DuckTales? That's a good question. This came out in 1990. Let's see when DuckTales came out. A Little Nemo. A Little Nemo as well. Great game. Really good game. DuckTales. Let's see. DuckTales came out before this, so I'm wondering if it was more of a, you know, we had a pretty good thing going with this, DuckTales. What else could we do? And then Chippendale happened. Things like that. It's not a bad game. I don't want I don't want anyone to, to go away thinking that it's not good, but don't go into it expecting greatness on the level of DuckTales, because you won't get that here. almost like doing this from work because I can just sit down and do it and there's very little distractions. How great is that? 
Uh, bad news is, though, that if my phone rings, my phone rings, and I, my breakfast is getting cold. Anyway, our lead story for the news today. These shoes weren't made for walking, ladies and gentlemen. The upscale clothier Barney's New York recently introduced $585, quote, distressed superstar sneakers, unquote, from the high-end brand Golden Goose that were purposely designed to look scuffed, well-worn, and cobbled together as if they were shoes recovered from a dumpster. The quintessential touch was the generous use of duct tape on the bottom trim. Critics were in abundance, accusing Barney's of mocking poverty and selling shoes for more than probably all the clothes I own combined. News that sounds like a joke, ladies and gentlemen. The British food artists Bompus and Parr are staging, through October 30th, a tribute to the late writer Roald Dahl by brewing batches of beer using yeast swabbed from and cultured from a chair doll used and which has been on display at the Roald Dahl Museum in Great Missenden, England. And a 16-year-old boy made headlines in August for being one of the rare survivors of an amoeba, a brain-eating amoeba, which he acquired diving into a pond on private property in Florida's Broward County. By popular legend, Floridians are believed to lack sufficient brain matter to satisfy amoebas. Probably true. The government in action, ladies and gentlemen, this week, the Drug Enforcement Administration has schemed for several years to pay airline and Amtrak employees for tips on passengers who might be traveling with large sums of cash so that the DAE can interview them with an eye towards seizing the cash under federal law if they merely suspect that the money is involved in illegal activity. Did you know that's a thing that can happen? It happens in states, too. Uh, a USA Today investigation reported in August uh, revealed that the agency had seized $209 million in a decade from 5,200 travelers who, even if no criminal charges result, almost never get all their money back, and of 87 recent cash seizures, only two actually resulted in charges. One Amtrak employee was secretly paid $854,460 over a decade for snitching passenger information to the DEA. And here's an update. In August, the Defense Department's Inspector General affirmed once again, following on the 2013 disclosures, that the agency has little knowledge of where its money goes, this time admitting that the Department of the Army had made $6.5 trillion in accounting adjustments that appeared simply to be made up out of thin air just to get the books balanced for 2015. In part, the problem was laid to 16,000 financial data files that simply disappeared with no trace. As a result, reported Fortune magazine, there's been no way to know how the Defense Department, far and away the biggest chunk of Congress's annual budget, spends the public's money. Our Wait What section begins with this story. In August, the banking giant Citigroup and the communications giant AT&T agreed to end their two-month-long legal hostilities over AT&T's right to have a customer service program titled Thanks. Citigroup has pointed out that it holds trademark for customer services titled Thank You, City Thank You, Thank You from City, and Thank You Your Way, and has tried to block the program name AT&T Thanks. How dumb is that? We are trademarking the word thank you and thanks. Some things, I mean, some things just shouldn't happen. In July, in the African nation of Malawi, on the western border of Mozambique, Eric Anavi was finally arrested, but not before he had been employed by village families more than 100 times to have ritual sex to cleanse recent widows and girls immediately after their first menstruation. Aniva is one of several such sex workers known as hyenas because they operate stealthily at night. But Malawi President Peter uh, Mutharika took action after reading devastating dispatches reporting hyenas underage victims and Avia's HIV-positive status. The New York Times 
uh, and London's The Guardian, among other news services. That's where he reported that. And finally, in this section, in July 2012, Aurora, Colorado theater shooter James Holmes is hardly wealthy enough to be sued. So 41 massacre victims and families instead filed against Cinemark Theater for having an unsafe premises. And by August 2016, Cinemark had offered $150,000 as a total settlement. 37 of the 41 accepted, but but four held out since the scaled payoff offered only a maximum of $30,000 for the worst off victims. Following the settlement, the judge, finding that Cinemark could not have anticipated Holmes' attack, ruled that the theater ruled for the theater, excuse me, making the four holdouts liable under Colorado law for Cinemark's expenses defending against the lawsuit. These four people, who are the holdouts, now have to pay six hundred and ninety-nine thousand dollars. Here's a section called Weird China. How about that? Misunderstandings is our first one. Mr. L31, a Chinese tourist visiting Dulman, Germany in July, went to a police station to report his stolen wallet, but signed the wrong form and was logged in as requesting asylum, setting off a bureaucratic nightmare that left him confined for 12 days as a migrant hostel before the error was rectified. And in August at a hospital in Shenyang, China, Wang, 29, awaiting his wife's childbirth, was reported by People's Daily via Shanghaiist.com to have allowed a nurse to wave him into the room for anesthesia and hemorrhoid surgery, a procedure that took 40 minutes. The hospital quickly offered to pay a settlement, but insisted that no matter his purpose at the hospital, he in fact had hemorrhoids and they were removed. And evidently, many Chinese wives who suspect their husbands of affairs have difficulty in confronting them. For a profession has risen recently of mistress dispellers whose job instead is to contact the mistresses and persuade her sometimes through an elaborate ruse to break off the friendship for a fee a new york times dispatch said could be tens of thousands of dollars the dispeller will subtly infiltrate the mistress's life and ultimately convince her to move on a leading dispeller agency in shanghai translated as the waking international marriage hospital emotion clinic group the w-i-m-h-e-c-g served one wife by persuading the mistress to take a higher-paying job in another city. Ironies is our next section, and flooding from rains in August tore down a basement wall of the Connellsville, Pennsylvania Church of God, wrecking and muddying parts of the building and threatening the first-floor foundation. But under the policy written by the church mutual insurance company, flooding damage is not covered as rain is, quote, an act of God. Church Mutual apparently uses a standard insurance agent insurance industry definition and thus recognizes, contrary to some religious beliefs, that not everything is caused by God. And in 2005, India enacted a landmark anti-poverty program obligating the government to furnish 100 days minimum wage work to unskilled laborers, potentially 70% of the country's 1.3 billion people. Programs often fail in India because of rampant corruption, but a recent study by a Cambridge University researcher concluded that the 2005 law is failing for the opposite reason, anti-corruption measures in the program. Its requirement of extreme transparency has created an exponential increase in paperwork to minimize opportunities for corruption, severely delaying the availability of jobs. The passing parade, folks, are vegetarian... At large, we'll say, Deb Dusau of Portland, Maine, celebrating her 10-year anniversary of All Vegetables All the Time, reported to a tattoo artist and now sports on her right arm, wrist to shoulder, and eggplant, peppers, mushrooms, peas, green onions, uh, greens, onions, a radish, and multiple tomatoes, drawn in an old seed catalog motif. 
and pro baseball player Brandon Thomas of the Independent Frontier League's Galaxy or Gateway, excuse me, Grizzlies in St. Louis, Missouri, hit a bases loaded home run on August 21st over the fence into the adjacent parking lot where the ball smashed the windshield of his own car. And our classic from October 2012, horse show jumping, is a longtime Olympic sport, but since 2002, equestrians have been performing in horseless show jumping, in which horse courses are run by riders on foot, who, by the way, do not straddle broomsticks. According to an October 2012 Wall Street Journal report, an international association headed by retired pro equestrian Jessica Newman produces at least 15 shows a year, with from 40 to 130 competitors galloping over fences that vary from 2 to 4 feet high, 5 feet in the Grand Prix events, with the riders graded as if they were on horses, timed with points for con uh, contacting the rails. Explain Newman about the show's success, it's just fun to be a horse.
Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to conclude this week's episode of Electric Leftovers. I want to thank you for giving us a listen and let you know that you can find all of the information for the playlist and the contact information for the show at lowbiasgaming.net slash electric leftovers. Uh, we're working on getting some links set up on the homepage to where it's a little easier to navigate over to the show. Sorry, it's taken so long, but a lot of other stuff is needed work done before that. Uh, Keep in mind, you can contact the show there and anywhere else. You can find Low Bias Gaming. Um, and, uh, yeah, not much else to say. Sorry about the bad audio. Next week should be better. I don't think I'm near as busy next week as I am this week, so hopefully I can get the podcast done in a more timely fashion and not have to do this from work. Make sure, by the way, that uh, when you're out and about doing all the things on your day, you pretend you're a horse because it's very fun from what I hear. Thanks again, folks. We will see you next time.